welcome at that time once again the Patriot Radio News Hour on a graduation week. My mom is, well, I, you know what? She's probably on a plane or getting ready to get on a plane. She'll be here very, very shortly. I'm, I'm excited about that. Of course, you know, my oldest son graduates from high school Thursday. And, uh, you know, you got to do the, he got his cap and gown yesterday. Very exciting. It, it's going to be tough. I, I, I thought I was ready. I did. I thought I was ready. I'm not ready. I'm not ready. I'm going to try not to cry. Uh, we'll, we'll see how it goes. No promise. I cry. You know what, though? I cry easy, though. You know, I'll, I'll cry at a good commercial. So who knows? But we've got a lot going on this week. What a morning. Uh, if you have not tuned in, we got a lot of ground to cover. Our toll-free number, 800 The website, by the way, today, another great one. Ramon's on fire lately. Allamericangold.com. Uh, Naomi Prince did a great interview on Market or on CNBC that we've got up there. Very smart lady. Uh, right, excellent. Uh, when she writes books, I buy them. And uh, very, very, very knowledgeable. Talking about well, things that you know we talk about here. They didn't fix it. You know, and I, and I I keep trying to tell everybody that. <laughs> you know, they covered it up. You know, they you know, and I always use the reference. You know, uh, uh, Big Daddy, the movie Big Daddy with Adam Sandler, and uh, the kid wets the bed and he puts a bunch of newspapers over it to say, you know, go back to bed. Right? Yeah, that, that's what they did. Except the newspaper was debt in uh, central banks uh, to the tune of I don't even know about twenty trillion dollars worth of cover-up, if you will, all of it coming home to roost uh, today. We've got big problems in the emerging markets. Uh, we we got to talk about banks in Mexico. Somebody's been borrowing some money out of people's accounts. Uh, we don't know who, but uh, we'll talk about what happened there. Uh, we've been, you know, we've been talking about how these countries are starting to blow up. Uh, Turkey has problems. By the way, Turkey's central bank, the largest gold purchases they've made uh, to date, and things are starting to get really, really crazy. Uh, the bond market blew up this morning. So if you didn't see it, uh, the 10-year note, uh, 3.06, almost 3.07, seemingly out of nowhere, uh, a lot of that having to do with what's happening in these emerging markets. Uh, the dollar has rallied, you know, because that's, that's the old methodology, right? Rising 10-year note, rising dollars, all the computers kicked off. Uh, that's actually not going to be uh, long-term very good for the recovery here at home. Uh, but gold has pulled back. Silver has pulled back. Uh, and I would tell you right now, I'll be buying these pullbacks. It's, it's, uh, I'm actually surprised. Uh, silver's broken below 1300 uh, We got a great, well, I want to say a great special, but here's the problem. There's no product out there. You know, we've been talking about uh, this for a while now. Uh, silver Eagles, none. Zero, nada. Everything is 2018. Uh, 
I do have those rolls of half dollars. They were $135 yesterday because of the pullback. Back to 130 on the rolls of silver half dollars. That's by far your best price per ounce. If you want silver eagles, we got them. We can get them. That's not a problem. But they're 395 uh, for a roll of 20 there on the gold side. It's not a, a lot, but it's the best we can do. I've got 25 $20 liberties at 1350. That's a $30 savings cuz today right now they'd be 1380 and after I've sold the 25, that's the price, 1380. Uh, because there's just nothing out there. I actually got these. I was lucky to get them. And, uh, that, but that's all there is at 800-951-0592. The Dow is down almost 300 points now. Uh, it's going to be a big down day. That's just what it's going to be. Home Depot, uh, came and, 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 you know, Home Depot has been Outside of Amazon, at least in the retail space, the the, the bright spots, uh, they missed. Uh, sales missed at, at Home Depot this morning. Uh, th- then we got uh, business inventories. That missed as well. You know, the big business spending not happening. Retail sales uh, came in at met expectations. They were hoping for a three-tenths of a percent increase. They got a three-tenths of a percent increase. Uh, a lot of that, of course, gasoline, man, three bucks a gallon here. I mean, the cheapest in town is about two eighty-five, uh, all the way up to about three fifteen uh, here in the Valley of the Sun, and and I think we got uh, more pain still ahead. But the big news of the day: the U.S. ten-year note, the highest since twenty eleven, and that's the headline. The bigger news: three-month notes six-month notes, one-year notes, the highest in a decade. Uh, so the, the, the short end of the yield curve, uh, the highest in decades. Matter of fact, they're now saying a three-year note is outperforming Wall Street uh, because it's yielding, I think if the yield broke over 2% this morning on a three-month note, means interest payments are going up. Patriot Radio News Hour. We're going to talk about what's happened in the Mexican banks when we get back. Don't touch that dial. 800-951-0592. That gold's down 25 bucks right now. 13 or 13. Been saying it for so long. $1,292. U.S. $20 liberties. There's only 25. They're all still available uh, at 13.50. So you're looking, what, 58 bucks over. The problem is, there's not anything out there. Uh, Silver Eagles, we told you, there's plenty. Well, I don't even know if there's plenty, but there are 2018s out there. Uh, Silver's down, not not as big as gold, down about 35 cents, 1620 uh, on silver. Uh, 2018 Silver Eagles, 395. A better buy are those silver half dollars at 130. Uh, interest rates on short-term treasuries rose after another, well, let's, less than stellar auction, right? We continue to watch this play out. The Treasury Department auctioned, and look at the size of these things. 
48 billion in three month bills. And I guess I was wrong. The the rate was uh one eight nine on the on the three month. Then they auctioned a forty two billion in six month. That was the one that jumped over to the six month bill at two point oh four. Uh both of those are the highest since two thousand and eight. Uh then the by the way, the three month note uh, that number was one nine, so one eight nine, right below that. We're getting ready to to go deeper uh, on the, I guess, on the bribery scale of how much we need to pay people to take uh, to borrow ten grand right now. The U.S. government will pay you. You need to pay the government nine thousand nine hundred fifty-two dollars for. in a three-month bill. So by lending the government uh, money for three months, you're making about 50 bucks. Uh, I guess that's how that equates. And you think about when you do that uh, 50 or, well, $48 billion at a time, it's not a bad way to make a living. Uh, And this has really got the markets upset here. Uh, Like I said, everything's down big. The Dow's, Dow's down big. Emerging markets really starting to show a lot of pain here, uh, as we've been talking about uh, the, over the last week and a half. Uh, the ten-year note seemingly out of nowhere broke through that 305 level. Remember, that was the level we we kind of highlighted. If it breaks 305, look for three and a quarter, uh, and I don't think it stops there. Uh, this also came out, uh, Lorenza Martinez. She's the Director of Payment Systems of Bank of Mexico. Now, remember, right, we're going into this new age, this digital age, and they're talking about, right, the Fed note, right? That's the Federal Reserve, uh, crypto. Everybody needs to create an account with the Federal Reserve, and, and, and it won't be like the bank, but we'll be processing all the payments and all that stuff. And here's what I always worry about, right? Because, you know, they talk about money laundering, right? And I always laughed at that. How much of that really happens, right? Uh, you, you know, may, maybe maybe you hear about some guy passing off a, a fake $100 bill or a fake $20 bill here or there. Right, it's not like guys are coming in with hundreds of millions of dollars in fake, you know, twenties. They told Reuters last night that half of a half a dozen uh, financial institutions in Mexico observed unauthorized transfers from their consumers' bank accounts. They said the cyber criminals siphoned off over $20 million out of Mexican banks, including the second largest bank in the country, phantom orders that wired funds to fake accounts and promptly withdrew the money, according to sources close to the government investigation. Sources explained that they sent hundreds of false orders to move amounts ranging from tens of thousands to hundreds of thousands of pesos. So just to put that in perspective, 
So, you know, when you think about 10,000 pesos, you know, they, they, they went in there and, and were, you know, five grand. Right? They, they, they weren't uh, going in there fleecing the billionaire, right? They were fleecing the hardworking people down there in Mexico. Uh, and they said the, the bank accounts wired funds that landed in what they're calling fraudulent accounts, accomplices would then go into the local branch offices around the country, draining the account. So think about that. I mean, this is listen, they're always one step ahead. So they set up accounts at a different bank in Mexico, hacked into people's bank accounts, got a wire transfer sent, went into the other bank and withdrew the money. Yeah, there you go, right? Uh, $20 million gone. Uh, they said that... Uh, I'm just trying to say another source told Reuters that the cyber criminals might have had inside assistance to complete such transactions in the terms of security at bank offices. And, and you know, that's how things work, right? You only takes one guy to know one. You know the right person at the right place at the right time, and presto, $20 million gone. Could you imagine going into your bank and... and it's gone, right? All the money's wiped out, and the teller's telling you that, well, you sent a wire. Well, you wired it out. You're like, no, I didn't. Well, apparently, uh, half a dozen financial institutions in Mexico, uh, that was going on. Just another reason. you got to be so careful today. I just think it's so dangerous. I don't get it. I mean, I, I do that. They know they need to change the money. Look at what's happening. Right now, you're talking about historically a 10-year note at 306 or 307. Any other period in history, people would talk about how low that rate was. 306 on a 10-year note. They'd be like, this is an incredible time to borrow money. Now we're talking about a 10-year note above 3%. And nothing can hit you, right? Emerging markets are blowing up. Wall Street's dumping. Gold, everything's dumping, right? Everybody's like, run for the hills, hide. Everybody go I want You know why? Because, you know, the, the problem is what they know. They know what they've done. Because really, who, I mean, the 10-year note yesterday was, what, 299, 298? I mean, yes, it's a big move. You know, you don't like to see the bond market move that quickly. I get that. Right? It would have been, you know, 303 or 302 or something like that. But it's not like it went, you know, crazy. Right? It, we're not talking about a 10-year note at, at three and a quarter or, or three and a half. We're talking about 3.06. Why is it? that all the big money headed for the exit today. And and the biggest thing, and this is really what you have to ask yourself. Historically, this would be a time 
that you would be talking about, oh, boy, the Fed must be trying to provide stimulus, right? 306. And now you're talking about everybody that's in, in paper anything is is running towards the exit. And you know what's funny is I've been talking about all of these foreign banks loading up on gold, and it happened again. This time another country, you know, we talked about t- Turkey very briefly because they were, they were they were part of the repatriation of gold, right? So now Turkey said, hey, that's not enough. Hey, we, 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 we told New York, send us all of our gold back. And now, uh, according to the latest numbers, Turkey now, gold importing imports surge to a sharp increase in government demand from their central bank. While the Chinese and Russian governments continue to add gold to their official reserves, Turkey added 86 metric tons in the last seven months. It's a huge number, uh, especially because, you know, you think about Turkey, I mean, no one, you know, talks about Turkey as this great economic power. Uh, according to the latest survey now, Turkish official gold holdings have reached a new all-time record high, 565 metric tons, as it continued to add to its reserves uh, in the first quarter of 2018 saying that the central bank purchased another 30 metric tons. So they're buying about 10 metric tons of gold now a month. And now you're starting, right, we're starting to see this pattern where all of these central banks are starting that. By the way, let me give you a list of some other banks that added that we don't talk about, because we talk about the Russians and the Chinese, uh, Turkey, now Kazakhstan, Colombia, Mongolia, Indonesia, Jordan, Thailand, all now adding to their gold purchases. You know, that's starting to become, like, a lot. <laughs> You're like, wait a minute, who? All of them? Right? We, we, we When we sit there and we start thinking about what would these countries rather do, this was money that these countries were holding in dollars. And now they're starting, you know, Turkey's 10 metric tons, and, 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 and you look at some of these other places, maybe they're adding a metric ton. Or like the Russians, right? We know the Russians, they're adding as much gold as they can get their hands on. Matter of fact, uh, Russians have sold 42, or wait, sold U.S. Treasuries and added 42 metric tons of gold holding so far this year, just in Treasury. So you start to understand this 10-year move now. You're starting to look at what these countries are doing, because where did they go? We know foreigners have been buying less and less of our bonds. Yesterday, the three-month note and the six-month note yielded the highest in over a decade. And and it's finding its way into the gold bar. But you'll sit there and say, but why is paper gold down? Why is gold down 25 bucks then? But I'm going to give you the easy answer, right? And that's, you know, the computers are all selling, and, and it, it takes the market a while. They'll eventually figure it out. It's, it's just like I said, 
Rising rates is actually good for gold. Big move like this, everybody heads for the exit. You know, gold, gold likes to sit on the sidelines. I'm going to wait for this thing to calm down, and then all the all the buying comes rushing in due to the markets. But that was pretty big news today out of out of Turkey now, and actually the World Gold Council. Uh, Ten different countries just last month added to their gold holding. Eight hundred. Nine five one zero five nine two U.S. twenty dollar liberties thirteen fifty. Don't let today go by without adding there uh, the silver rolls. These uh, excuse me, the half dollar silver rolls at a hundred and thirty bucks. When we get back, we're going to talk about some legislation out of Colorado as they tried to shore up their pension problems. Uh, it was a, a, a para-overhaul that passed the Colorado legislature yesterday. You know, we talked about Illinois the day before, what they've got to do. Listen, this is everywhere. Patriot Radio News Hour. We'll be back after the break. This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report. A daily commentary continuing the conservative pro-family legacy of Phyllis Schlafly. And now, from the archives of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, here is Phyllis Schlafly. Every day we hear prominent Americans sounding off on the importance of comprehensive immigration reform. But there can be no comprehensive immigration reform without comprehensive assimilation reform. We should seriously examine what our assimilation policy should be, and we should develop a constructive plan to assimilate the legal immigrants who have come to our country over the last five years. This includes using the major way earlier immigrants were assimilated, having their children in public schools taught only in English, and abolishing the unpopular, expensive hiring of teachers of dozens of foreign languages to supervise immigrant kids speaking their native language year after year and never learning English. We want immigrants to believe that America is exceptional and has a better system than other countries. We want them to believe the U.S. Constitution is a higher legal authority for Americans than international law or treaties. And we certainly want them to consider themselves American citizens, not citizens of the world. We want immigrants to respect American culture, the rule of law, the importance of limited government. We want immigrants to understand that we have a unique American culture which defines what it means to be an American. We should remind all prospective immigrants that becoming a U.S. citizen requires all applicants to swear this solemn oath, and I quote, I hereby declare on oath that I absolutely and entirely renounce and abjure all allegiance and fidelity to any foreign prince, potentate, state, or sovereignty of whom or which I have heretofore been a subject or citizen. Close quote. That oath requires people seeking U.S. citizenship to abandon all fidelity to their home country. That oath is a good way to sort out the ones who really want to become Americans. 
This has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. In 2016, the conservative movement lost one of our strongest leaders, but Mrs. Schlafly's work and her voice continue through this radio program, our work in Washington, and the influence you have in your own community. Be part of that legacy at phyllisschlafly.com. We encourage you to bookmark phyllisschlafly.com. And join us again for the Phyllis Schlafly Report. Welcome back, Patriot Radio News Hour. Here's a here's another example, and I just keep throwing them out there every day. Here's a state that most people would say is booming, Colorado. Right? We've got marijuana there, and uh, apparently, you know, there's. I thought they were using that to pay for schools or something apparently none of it's enough uh, every you know all the failed blue staters i mean colorado arizona texas florida we're just getting inundated with them newly passed rec- rescue package for colorado's public pension program having major ramifications for public sector workers retirees and taxpayers across the state for decades to come. I'm going to tell you what, and I I know what they did. Not enough. It's a good start. Not enough. The legislation aiming to stem the retirement $32 billion funding shortfall within 30 years and calls for steep financial sacrifice from public sector workers and retirees and taxpayer-funded government agencies as well. The governor called the passage passage an amazing accomplishment. It depends on what you define as amazing. Uh, I'm pretty sure the retirees and the workers don't feel like it's amazing. I think when you compare it to what other states have done and have to do, it will be one of the most significant balancing acts of any state pension in the country, he said. And you know what? Here's what's funny. That could be true. Because none of them are getting anywhere close to balancing. So by default, you know what? Maybe. Because maybe. when you think about $32 billion underfunded, that's far from the worst. But here's what really got my attention. 566,000 current and former public employees are members of the system. Now, remember, these people don't pay Social Security. I want to point that out. They don't get a Social Security check to go along with the pension. Right? They only get the pension. By the way, That's one in every 10 people in Colorado. 566,000 government workers in the pension system. You, you, You think government's gotten too big? In 2010, the state legislature approved a bill that was billed as the long-term fix to the pension. See, they've already done this before, and this is what every state does. So Colorado, they fixed it in 2010. Now in 2018, they've got to fix it again. By the way, why did Colorado have to fix it? Well, because they were being threatened 
by the rating agencies for a credit downgrade. Unfortunately, since the fix in 2010, the state pension board has adopted more conservative financial assumptions. And that's the thing. This is what they do. They got these assumptions that never come true. And they always continually have to keep fixing them. At the end of 2016, they only had 58% of the money to pay for the benefit. So they fixed it in 2010. Eight years later, they were nowhere close. And the state was being warned by S&P that they were going to downgrade the state's credit rating, which means it was going to cost Colorado to borrow even more money, cost more money for them to borrow. Here's what they decided. Public sector workers enrolled in the pension plan will now have to contribute 10% of their pay. So they were contributing 8 now going to be 10 so really essentially it's a pay cut right because all of those workers that are currently working are going to be bringing home two percent less future employees will have to work longer right and again uh i don't you know why why they were allowed to retire that much earlier than everybody else never made sense to me but they said currently state workers can retire at 60 teachers can retire at 58 the bill now requires everybody to retire at 64. So we're getting a little closer. The, the bill eliminates annual cost of living raises for the next two years. Right? Remember why the teachers started all striking because they weren't making any more money? Uh, so now these guys, no cost of living raises for the next two years. And then once they start again, They'll only get 1.5% a year. So if inflation's 2%, right, they're essentially, their paychecks will essentially continue to get smaller. Uh, Colorado's uh, pensioners don't pay into the Social Security uh, system. So retirees will likely to lose value over time due to inflation. <laughs> yeah which they use that 2% number in this little article as well. Uh, so they're going to lose about an extra $151,000 per person uh, over the next 30 years, according to uh, the bill. The bill didn't call for a tax increase. Instead, Colorado's going to take funding out of all the other big things they're doing to help put into the pension. They're going to take an extra, uh, oh, well, I guess they, they said they didn't, but yet I'm reading that maybe they did. It says state government and school districts will contribute an extra 0.25% of payroll to the pension. I'm not sure if that's a tax or if they're just going to add it on or however you want to do it. Uh, most public agencies today are already contributing 20% of pay. Wow. Uh, very little of it is going to actual current employees. You guys get the picture. And this is everywhere. And, and you think about if, if Colorado is one of the good states, how bad is it really? 
and all of these things and all of these people, they all have to borrow all of this money. And you think about what the Chicago Federal Reserve said yesterday about Illinois. Hey, listen, we just need <laughs> we need to increase everybody's property tax by uh, $2,500 to $10,000 a year, depending on, you know, the value of the property. Uh, and you start, and, and that's on addition. They already had the highest uh, when it came to property tax. And this is—it's incredible. I, I'm telling you, I've never seen a market uh, act like this ever. We're going to go across the pond. Another country that's in trouble. This time, the Italians—they're asking for people to cough up a bunch more money. We'll talk about that next third largest economy, Italy, is getting ready to go to a 15 to 20 percent flat tax to offset the uh, the tax plans that they currently have. And right now they have like a 23 to 40 percent tax bracket, I believe, something like that. And of course, like, like us, you know, they got all the write-offs and all this, all that. Uh, but they're going to go to 15 and 20% flat tax, uh, as, well, as well as uh, giving uh, all of their poor people a guaranteed income. Uh, this is coming as uh, investors uh, are now even more scared than ever that this populist administration will jeopardize state finances and slow the growth of the of the eurozone's third largest economy even more. In other words, hey, they're like, hey, look, we're already got this debt problem. Let's just make it a really big problem and see what could happen. Uh, they are also reconsidering treaties with Europe. And now that they're they're worried that Italy's efforts could undermine the EU, uh, we'll have to. We'll have to keep our eye on this because this is something where uh, we could see Europe destabilize very, very quickly. You know, and people don't – the euro was a holdover. And what I mean by that is it was the initial step. All of these countries gave up their sovereignty and they created this – this, uh, you know, big economy, you know, kind of like, hey, we're as big as the United States or bigger than the United States. But no one actually believed that the euro was the end game. In other words, this was just a, a, uh, a step to final completion. And like I said, I'm telling you right now, the digital age is coming. And all of these Eurozone countries, they have the same problems, right? Italy's racked with debt, right? Spain's racked with debt. France is racked with debt. And they don't know how to get out. The economies aren't growing. They're, they're, they're doing the same thing. And their solution is, well, let's just go into more debt and see what happens. And this is what's happening everywhere, right? Everybody's starting to try to pile on. And all at the same time, they're starting to look at all these trees and going, that wasn't very good. Right? Like like us, right? We're trying to renegotiate. By the way, I don't know if you've been paying attention to the Chinese negotiations. You notice how they try to stop talking about them? Not going so well. 
Uh, matter of fact, I guess we just gave in to one of their uh, main culprits in technology theft, uh, getting let let off the hook because the uh, the Chinese were just slowing down things at their ports and causing a lot of distress. Uh, but we'll get to that in another show. I want to get to this one. Subprime auto loan. We've been watching this. Uh, the new number came out. It is now higher than during the financial crisis. When discussing the most recent trends in U.S. subprime auto loan space, they said that the uh, the loans uh, to non-bank financial firms in the past decade which have become the most aggressive lenders to Americans with a FICO score below 620, which probably is uh, most of the Americans out there. Uh, here's the leader. So defaults now hitting a uh, the highest since the finance, actually just taking out the old all-time highs. The old all-time highs were the financial crisis. Wells Fargo now owns $81 billion of these loans, and they're the biggest. And it's Wells Fargo, so you know they're the crummiest. Uh, by the way, that's up $13 billion since 2010. Citigroup is second. They have $30 billion. Bank of America, $30 billion. J.P. Morgan, $28 billion. Goldman Sachs, $22 billion. And Morgan Stanley, sixteen billion, right? Right about that, the who's who of banking. Uh, they're the the proud owners of all of this uh, subprime mortgage default. They said consumers are defaulting on subprime auto loans at a higher rate than the two thousand eight two thousand nine crisis. And uh, they say right now the default rate. We're the highest, by the way, I did not know this, since 1996, not quite an all-time high. In 1996, the default rate for subprime was 5.8%. And, of course, there was a much different time then. I don't even know how much subprime there was out there in 19, uh, 1996. The most recent data now uh, puts the default rate 4.3% which is the highest levels since 1996. And by the way, uh, apparently this is seasonally adjusted stuff. I don't know how that all works, why we would seasonally adjust defaults, but why not, right, because we want to make it better. April, because of seasonal adjustments, it makes it the best month. So everybody says it's 4.3 now. It's going to get considerably higher between now and at the end of the year uh then they said you know the the sad part was is the ones with the newer loans are the ones that are having the most problems <laughs> right wasn't the guy that borrowed the money four years ago that's having the problem it was the guy that borrowed the money uh six months ago uh but anyway just another one of those things uh that kind of what we got great unemployment, right? The jobs market's the greatest ever, yet people can't make their car payment. Patriot Radio News Hour, final segment coming up. 
800-951-0592, U.S. $20 liberties at thirteen fifty until they're out. And then the half-dollar, uh, silver half-dollar pre-1965 rolls, rolls of 20 silver half-dollars uh, at one thirty. Big down day in the market. By the way, I just looked at, at the 10-year note. Uh, now 3.073. Uh, so that is the highest that I've seen it yet. Uh, the gold's down 25 bucks, 1292. Silver's down about 36 cents at 1620. Uh, everything's down on the Dow as well. Uh, the yesterday I was going to talk about, and I promise I'm going to do it tomorrow. Uh, but today we had too much other stuff happening about what's the difference between the cryptos and the Liberty dollar. Remember the Liberty dollar, uh, and I'm going to. I just got a feeling because uh, the St. Louis Federal Reserve Bullard came out yesterday with with comments that lead me to believe it's going to kind of end the same way, which is they're just going to shut it all down. Uh, but uh, before we go out, another tax increase. Here they come, right? We had this great big tax cut uh, that the president gave us, and now the states are taking it all away. Well, between gas and your state's rising taxes, Seattle or sort of the king of taxes now, has introduced a new tax on large employers to help fund homelessness and affordable housing uh, despite opposition from companies like Amazon. The version of the tax that the city of council agreed to on Monday, well, here's what they're going to have. Uh, it, it equates to any any company with revenues over $20 million, that's not profits, that's just sales, over $20 million will have to pay the city $0.26 cents for each hour worked by a Seattle-based employee, or roughly 540 bucks per person per year. This head tax, as they're calling it, was to apply over 2019 and 2020, uh, generating $86 million. Before turning it into, it gets worse, into a seven-tenths of a percent payroll tax. Uh, that <laughs> Wow. Incredible. Uh, in the end, okay, well, wait a minute. I, I, they compromised. I apologize. That I thought that was the compromise. That's not the They're lowering the head fee to 275 So instead of the 540 they're going to start out, and that's going to go for five years instead of two. So I don't know, and then go to the payroll tax. So uh, just to get it straight, I apologize. It's 275 a person for five years. And then they're just going to increase the payroll tax on everybody. And you just think about, right, this is this is it. There's no money, right? The states are broke. The government's broke. And now with the new tax plans, you can't write off the state and local taxes. I don't know. I don't, again, I guess, well, you know what that means to me? More people from Seattle, more blue staters moving into the red states. Patriot Radio News Hour, 800 We'll be back tomorrow.